So at this time, we're going to go into a time of the Word. So would you grab your Bibles, please, and turn with me to the book of Numbers. We're going to look at two scriptures in Numbers and Exodus. Numbers chapter 14. As always, unless otherwise stated, I am reading from the New King James Version of the Bible, whilst also keeping an eye on the time as well. Numbers chapter 14, I'm going to be reading verses 22 through to 24. And it reads as follows. Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these ten times and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. Verse 24, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit, someone say a different spirit, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he, I will bring into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. Flip over with me, please, now to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. I'm going to read one verse from Exodus chapter 3, and that is verse 8. And it reads as follows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivitites and the Jebusites and every other ites that you can think of. Lord, we thank you for our opportunity to gather here on this last day of 2020. We pray, Lord, that even as we go into a time of your word, that our hearts and minds will be open to receive everything that you have in store for us. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Well, here we are on the last day of 2020. I was um, laughing to myself a moment ago um, because I was reminded of something when I was much, much younger. Not that I'm Oh, but when I was much, much younger, I don't know if any of you had parents that would do this, but my mum, God bless her, would do this thing where when it's the last day of the year, so let's say it was 2020, she would do this thing where she'll be like, oh, I'm going to, to take my last bath of 2020. I'm going to bath off the, the past year. Did anyone have parents like that? Or was it just, okay, one or two? Do you know, this is my last meal of 2020. This is my last drink of to everything was 2020 goodbye. And it's funny because as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about all of the years that I've spent in church on New Year's Eve and how many they have been and just how many years have my, in my life that I've actually been in church compared to out of church on New Year's Eve. And some of you have heard me say before, and uh, you'd have to remind me, um, that I've grown up in a culture where when it was New Year's Eve, it was always about the fantastic things that were going to come in the year to follow. And for some reason, growing up in the Pentecostal church, it always rhymed, right? So I would always make the joke that it was like 2007 is your year of touching heaven. And then it would be 2008, too good to be great. Like it would always rhyme. 2009, 
Can anyone think of one? She will be. Mine. She will be ooh. <laughs> that was his prayer. You know where his heart was at for the new year. You know, it'd be like 2010. Let's begin again. And we'd have all of these various different themes. But I don't know how many pastors across the country right now are probably scared as they stand in front of their pulpit thinking, what can I say to the people? Because I can't tell them that it's going to be A, B and C because they did that last year. And it wasn't quite A, B, and C for them, as it was D, E, and F. And isn't it interesting that, with all due respect, I didn't hear anybody standing up on New Year's Eve telling us about what we were going to face in 2020. I never heard anyone prophesying it. I never heard anyone talking about how difficult of a year it would be. And I think that's a reminder to each and every one of us that as much as we may wish good things for the year to come, which we should, ultimately, you are not in control. Set your goals, set your visions, set your plans, but just know that many other plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord that determines his steps. But tonight, that's not even what I wanted to talk to you about. Tonight, I wanted to talk to you on the topic I have entitled a different spirit, a different spirit. And the reason why I wanted to do that is because I've said it before and I will say it again and I will say it again and again when it comes to New Year's Eve. And it's the fact that you can hype up a new year as much as you want to. You can tell everyone what you're going to set out to achieve and what you're going to do in the year ahead. But we all know, we all know, we're not oblivious to the fact that there is no new year without a new you. We all know that. That's not new to us. But I want to say this to you. If you want things to be different in your life, irrespective of the day, the month, or the year, I've realized that not must you just do things differently, because that's what people think. I want to go one further than that. Don't just do things differently. Why not be different? Why not be different in the areas that matter and that's what i want to talk to you today about the importance of having a different spirit so turn to the person next to you and ask them do you have a different spirit just make sure that spirits of god and not know any foreign spirit a different spirit oftentimes we see from the word of god that the changes that god does in our lives starts on the inside. In fact, it's been said that one of the things that sets apart Christianity as a religion compared to other religions is that change begins on the inside and then flows externally, whereas other religions actually compel you to do things on the outside in order to receive change on the inside. And when we read scriptures like we just did in Exodus chapter 3 verse 8, we see that God gave Moses the picture and a vision of where he was taking his people in the same way that many people in here and many people online will have a vision, a plan, some goals set aside for the year ahead. For the people, it was a new beginning for them. The same way, again, many of us will use a new year as a new beginning for us. They had a picture of what was ahead and what was to come, but the thing is, they also had a problem. The problem that they had is that though they had the picture and the vision, they didn't make the shift mentally and internally, even though they had the vision of where God 
was taken then. And so because of this, in the physical, they were moving towards the promised land. But every time they had a little bit of uh, a, a scare, every time they had a little bit of fear, any time they had a little bit of challenge, what did they do? They went back to Egypt. They went back to their comfort zone. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a sign of someone who desires change in the future, but is actually mentally stuck in the past. Every time they are about to embrace something new, whether it's a new relationship, whether it's a new opportunity, they are stuck in the past and reminded of the past because though they have a picture and a vision for the year ahead and for their life ahead of them, they haven't made the shift that they needed to make internally and mentally. May I remind you on this last day of 2020 that change isn't measured by months or miles. We would be naive to think that just because the clock is going to tick 12, that everything is going to change. No, we'd be naive to think that. But let me tell you this, one of the quickest ways to delay any form of progress in your life is to be like the children of Israel were at this point, as we read in the scripture. The children of Israel had traveled long enough, listen to this, they had traveled long enough that they were closer to the promised land than they were Egypt. However, because they got fearful, they ended up going back to Egypt, which was further to travel back to than they did the promised land. No wonder when you read Deuteronomy chapter 1 and Deuteronomy chapter 2, you see that Moses got angry with them. He got angry with them because a journey that was supposed to take them 11 days took them 40 years. Now imagine that. Imagine at the age of 20, I come up to you and I say I'm traveling. And I'm expected to get there tail end of next week or the week after. And you don't hear from me until I'm 60. And I haven't even got back. I've just arrived, you know. <laughs> Can you imagine? At the age of 20, I only get there when I'm 60. How many of you know that something must have truly gone wrong somewhere? This was the case for the children of Israel. A journey that should have been about a week and a half took them 40 years. Why? Because of fear, because of anxiety, because of disobedience, because of murmuring and complaining to name but a few. But before we laugh and point the finger, let's all remember what 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11 says. Because it says this, Now all these things happened to them as examples, as examples, and they were written for our admonition. What is admonition? Our warning, our reprimand. So before we laugh at their delay, there is a lesson in there for us so that our lives are not delayed towards the plans and purposes that God has for us. Because the truth is, we hold ourselves back when we are disobedient, when we complain and murmur like the children of Israel did, rather than embrace change and have a different spirit like Caleb decided to do. 
Caleb was able to see the promised land according to Numbers chapter 14 because he had a different spirit. I want to tell you right now that it will not be a different year without a different spirit. And so if they were an example for us, how do we go about obtaining a different spirit in order to embrace change? Well, there are a number of ways in which that can be done. But this evening, I want to give you just three of those ways. Nothing revolutionary, but a stark reminder for each and every one of us. Here's the first thing we must do if we're going to embrace a different spirit. We must change your thinking. Tell the person next to you, change your thinking. Tell them like you mean it. Tell them, change your thinking. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. The truth of the matter is that a different spirit begins with changing the way that you think. And in order to change the way that you think, sometimes you need to expose yourself to new thoughts and new ways of thinking. It actually amazes me sometimes how people can be set in their ways even when those ways are not working for them. It amazes me. And it amazes me because this is exactly what the children of Israel did. And many of us, we're set in our ways of thinking. We're not flexible in changing the way we think. And then when things don't turn out as we imagine them, we start to blame God. It's so important that we learn to evolve and grow in this journey of life because it's often been said that to do the same thing and expect different results is insanity. And so every so often, can I challenge you to think about the way that you think? Because it was a famous I was going to say young man, but he wasn't quite young. A famous guy that we all know called Albert Einstein that said we cannot solve our problems with the same level of thinking that created them. Many of us have challenges that we're facing, but we have not upgraded our thinking in order to deal with those challenges. And may I remind you that the level of thinking that got you here will not get you there. The level of thinking that has gotten you to this level will not get you to the next level. It's so important that you change your thinking. And one of the ways in which you can change your thinking is to actually have conversations with other minds so that they can help challenge your thinking. One of the things that I've realized these days is that people don't like to be challenged in their thinking. Too many a times we get defensive. We're ready to put up our shield to defend the way that we think. But actually, it's when we're challenged that we can explore new ways, new thoughts in order for us to grow. Tell the person next to you, change your thinking. I don't know if you know or not, but research shows that the older you get, the more you begin to defend your ways of thinking as you are open to change. So in other words, the older you get, the more set in your ways you become. And that's why you must be intentional about being open when it comes to your thinking. The second thing we need to do in order to embrace a different spirit is that we need to focus forward. We need to focus forward. Now, we all know that once we say Happy New Year, none of us will ever, ever again be able to live in 2020. 
And for some of us, that might be a great thing. For others, there might have been one or two memories that we loved from 2020 that we want to take in our future with us. But once we say goodbye to 2020, that's it. It's gone. We can never see this year again. Now, I know, I know that by the time the Olympics come around next year, they will be referred to as the 2020 Olympics. But let's be honest, it isn't really, is it? Is it? I know that next year, when the European football championships come round, they will be referred to as Euro 2020, even though it's in 2021. So let's be honest, it's not really Euro 2020, is it? In fact, let's go even one further. I know that by the time we get to March 2022, the Dubai Expo will still be calling it the 2020 Expo. But it isn't, is it? I mean, what's wrong with just changing the year? What's wrong with just saying, actually, we couldn't do it in 2020, so let's make it 2021 or 2022? Why do we feel this need to hang on to branding, money spent, an image, a picture, a design, or a logo, rather than actually embrace the new and embrace change? Again, we can laugh at those things, but many of us going into 2021 need to focus forward and actually let 2020 stay where it rightly deserves to stay. Now, don't get me wrong. From time to time, remembering the past is not a bad thing, but living in the past is a dreadful thing. Jesus put it this way. Whoever puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit enough for the kingdom of God. And many of us will know that in those days when farmers would plow, if they were to look back, they would go off track without even knowing or feeling like they had gone off track. And Jesus says, every time we put our hands to the plow and look back, we actually go off track and we don't even know it or feel like it. How many of you remember Lot's wife? Remember her? What did she do? She looked back. And when she looked back, what happened to her? She turned into salt. Have you ever wondered why she became salt of all things? Why, why salt? Why not flour? Why not sugar? Why salt of all things? Well, when God had cast down fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah, all that was left was salt. So literally, she became what she looked back to. And I think there is a lesson in that for us, in that we become what we focus on. If that's in our past, then that will be our portion. If we focus forward, then that too will be our portion. It's so important that we change our thinking and focus forward, because let me tell you this, when the clock ticks and strikes 12, yes, it will be 2021, but I'll also say this, unfortunately, you can take some people out of Egypt, but you can't take the Egypt out of them. And it's so important that we don't get carried away with the hype of a new year, only to go back to life as yesterday. Very soon, give it two, three weeks, we will get to Blue Monday, 
the last Monday in January, which they call the most depressive day of the year. It's the day in the year when they say everybody resorts back to their old habits. They break their resolutions. They go back to how things were before. That's what happens when your change isn't built on the right foundation. But when you're determined to have a different spirit, then it's again, it's not measured by miles or months. It's measured from the heart. Tell the person next to you, you need to focus forward. Thirdly, in order to embrace a different spirit, you must consider what matters. Consider what matters. If 2020 taught us anything, if it taught us anything, let me tell you very quickly five things that 2020 taught us. Number one, it taught us that you are not indispensable. You are not indispensable. Now, I know that you know that about life as a whole, but maybe you underestimated that in your day-to-day -day life. There are so many businesses that thought they were untouchable that were reminded that actually you're not because the pandemic affected every sphere that we can imagine. However, it did remind us of a scripture in James chapter 4, verses 13 to 15, which says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this and do that. Consider what matters. The very fact that our life is a vapor and therefore we should redeem the time, as Paul tells us, and live with purpose in mind. The second thing that 2020 taught us is to always be grateful. Always be grateful. I put up a post the other day that was a response to a post that I've seen going around. I don't know if some of you have seen that post online, but the post says something along the lines of, don't worry if you didn't achieve all your goals and your dreams in 2020. Just be grateful you made it through to the end of the year. Has anyone seen that kind of post? I saw that post a few times. To which I responded, why does it take a pandemic for you to be grateful for the fact that you made it for a year? Even if you didn't achieve all your goals in 2016, 2017, 2018, should you not be grateful for a new day, for a new month, for a new week, for a new hour, for a new year? It is so important that we are grateful. And the children of Israel at one point, they complained rather than walked in gratitude and they and they complained and grumbled so much that as a result some of them got left behind by the cloud they were supposed to follow and those who got left behind by the cloud they were supposed to follow were the first to die because you always die internally when you change your disposition from a place of gratitude to a place of you thinking i deserve a b and c no it's only by his grace and it's only by his goodness. And the children of Israel, some of them complained so much that they missed the cloud, which represented the glory of God. Now, let's be honest. Let's be honest. If we're being honest, 2020 might not have been the year that many of us wished for. 
and probably under different circumstances, that would be one thing. But let's be honest, for a lot of us, even though we wish it was different circumstances, it was a year we actually needed. For some of us, it taught us to slow down. For some of us, it showed us people's true colours. For, for some of us, it actually helped us navigate our purpose in life. It actually helped us think about what we want to achieve. It has been said now that with the rate of unemployment that's been caused by this pandemic, more millennials now than ever will not just take any job, but will pursue purpose. They will pursue something they like, something they enjoy. And so though it might not have been the year that we wanted or desired globally for many of us, it was a year that we needed. And in that, we can be grateful. 2020 taught us, number three, to actually consider what matters. I know that every year at this time of year, we get ready to set our goals and our ambitions for the new year, and there's nothing wrong with that. But can I really, really challenge you to think about what matters when you go into 2021? And by that, I mean your spiritual health, your mental health, your physical health, the importance of loving your brother and sisters in Christ, your importance of being there for your brothers and sisters in Christ because this year taught us the importance of the important things that we have taken for granted. It's only when we were told that we can't hug someone or shake their hands did we realize how important that was to our day-to-day -day life. And as we go into 2021 and we pray that at some point in 2021 we'll be allowed to do that again, maybe we should really consider what matters aside from all of the personal goals that we want to achieve. 2020 taught us, number four, the importance of spiritual growth. I don't know about you, but I feel like this year was full of social media self-proclaiming experts. I feel like because everybody was in lockdown, everybody had to go online, and because anyone can go online, anyone can press a button to go live and say anything that they want, and therefore you could have people who had studied and been theologians for 30 years and somebody who's been a theologian for 30 minutes go on live and they could be sharing their opinions and there was a lot of information that was going out, conspiracy theories and more. People, as a result, were questioning so many things and 2020 really revealed to us the importance of your own spiritual growth for yourself not relying on anything or anyone, but actually growing in Christ. I read an article that was released this Monday, just gone, which said as a result of the pandemic, 22% of people no longer go to church. That's one in five people who used to go to church. They started going to church online and now they don't even go to church altogether. To which I questioned then, if there wasn't a pandemic, would they still be turning up for the purposes of necessity? Would they still just be going through the motions? Because 2020 taught us that it is not about coming to church alone, as it is about you having your personal, vibrant relationship with God. And number five, lastly, 2020 taught us that you need to be 
adaptable. You need to be adaptable. I saw um, a couple of posts during the last lockdown, one in particular that said, if you're stuck during this lockdown and you don't know what to do, just do the things that you enjoy doing. Which I found interesting because I thought, I enjoy going to the cinema. And I can't do that. I enjoy going out to eat. And I can't do that. I enjoy beating the likes of Pastor Emmanuel and Chima at games. And I can't do that. So really, the post should have said something along the lines of, try to do what you can, but if you can't, be adaptable, be flexible, try to change some things in and around you in order to do the things that you could enjoy. And I really feel like 2020 taught us along a number of spheres the importance of being adaptable. I meet so many people who, again, are stuck in their ways of thinking that they're not able to adapt. Oh, PK, it's not working for me. Have you tried something different? No, because they're stuck in their methods. It's so important that we are flexible and we adapt going into 2021. Some of us work in workplaces who before the pandemic would have never let you work from home. They thought your job couldn't be done from home until they had no choice but for you to work at home. I remember making a funding application for a project and the project was online and they said, no, we can't do this because it's online. We don't think it will work online. Fast forward a few months, this is a great project. We think that you could work online. Why? Because they had to adapt. In order to stay relevant, you need to adapt. I always tell people, McDonald's used to only sell fast food. Now you can get a salad there. Because they said we need to adapt to stay relevant. And likewise, when we go into 2021, some things, let's all be honest, we know that we still got a little bit of a way to go before we get out of all of this. So it's so important that we be adaptable in the way we do things. And why am I saying this? Because there are two scriptures in Proverbs that we must always remember. The first one is in Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 21. It says that there are many plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord that determines his steps. Whenever you use the word but, it's saying in addition to or irrespective of what I just said, it is the Lord that determines his steps. In other words, you might have your plan. God has his plan. You better be adaptable when you realize he's taking you left and not taking you right. Because there are many plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord that determines his steps. I know some of you, you wanted to travel this year. You had plans this time last year. You were talking about, oh, yeah, I want to travel. I want to go to, to, I don't know, Portugal. Afro Nation. Hmm. It's God that stopped that one, not pandemic. <laughs> you wanted to go to Portugal, but I don't know, you had to settle for Portsmouth or you had to settle for Pastor Emmanuel's Peckham. You wanted to travel to all of these different places, but you had to adapt. Can I challenge you that as you go into 2021, be discerning to God's voice so that when he wants you to adapt, when he wants you to change, you can adapt. And please don't let pride get in the way. 
because there will be things in 2021 that you've been working on for the last four or five years that God might say to you, stop and go this way. But because you don't want to look stupid to your friends, I'll come across like you are quitting. You allow pride to stop you from being adaptable. So please, please, please be flexible and be adaptable. Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six says, uh, it says, trust in God and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And so I conclude with this thought. Yes, it's been a tough year as a whole, but you know what? Good things do emerge from crises. And it's been said that revival happens at the worst times in history. And I'm telling you that opportunities will arise in the days to come. Things will happen that may not feel good, but will be for our good. And when God is going to do good, he can and he will cause whatever he needs to do in you to shift, to shift. The question is whether you will be flexible and ready to do so. When I think about the fact that we spent so many hours on Zoom this year, and we're Zoomed out. I was thinking about it as I was coming here. I was thinking, Zoom never marketed to any of us. They never put a leaflet through a door or an Instagram ad on our page. They didn't do any of that. Zoom just literally shifted and adapted to the circumstances around them in order to benefit and profit from that. And so my prayer for you is that even though we are not out of the woods just yet, that everything in you that needs to shift, that needs to change, will change in your life and in his time for your good in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's jump up on our feet.